What's going on, collective listeners? Anthony Grasso, your host back today. Uh, we are going to get into it today with Leo Totten. He's the owner of Totten Training Systems, LLC in Little Sound, Pennsylvania. It's right next to uh, Gettysburg for all of those who are uh, unfamiliar with that area. But uh, Leo's awesome. Uh, obviously, you know, he would can be considered somebody who has a, a vast array of experience. I mean, the guy's been in Olympic weightlifting or what we just, you know, we'll, we'll talk about in the, uh, <laughs> in the podcast, just weightlifting, right? Um, for the weightlifting discipline for quite some time, um, you know, started, uh, He's the head coach at East Coast Gold weightlifting team back in, he started in 92 and they're about to celebrate their 30 year anniversary. Um, and obviously he's the owner of Totten Training System. So a uh, ton of good insight in here, ton of good wisdom. Um, and, and honestly, it was just great to meet him. And I think you really enjoy the conversation. So let's get this thing rolling. What's going on, collective listeners? We appreciate you guys hopping back on for another episode of the Samson Strength Coach Collective Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Grasso. Today, we are joined by Leo Totten, who is the owner of Totten Training Systems, LLC, in Littlestown, Pennsylvania, which is close to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. We wanted to clarify that just for anybody who's unfamiliar with the area. Um, he's got his bachelor's degree in health and physical education from Westchester University and a master's in physical education from Western Maryland. Uh, he's the head coach of the East Coast Gold Weightlifting Team in Littlestown, PA. Uh, and it looks like that started back in 1992. So I'll, I'll let him tell tell that story. But uh, And then obviously he is the, the owner of Totten Training Systems. Uh, as far as the certifications, this is the first time I think we've had anybody on this podcast, at least since I've started you know, becoming the host, is uh, a level five senior international uh, coach through the USA Weightlifting Certification. So there's the highest level that you can achieve, obviously through, through the USAW. So um, welcome, Leo. We really appreciate you hopping on. It's great to connect with you. Um, why don't you, you know, introduce yourself and just kind of tell your story a little bit. Where did this whole thing start and uh, where, where is it at now? Well, first of all, I wanted to thank you guys for having me on. Uh, I've been following along with all the podcasts you've done and I'm very impressed with uh, uh, the work that you're doing. So I appreciate you uh, letting me be part of this. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's a big deal. It really is. Thank you. We're happy to have you. Appreciate that. So, at least we know uh, somebody's listening. That's good. <laughs> at least one of us anyway. Mm -hmm. But um, no, uh, just a little bit of a background uh, because it's a pretty varied background. I have a good bit of uh, uh, things that I have grown up with and been around for a long time. So obviously the story can go on and on and on. Uh, but uh, just basically started off as a, as a little guy. Uh, I bought my first set of weights from York Barbell when I was 12 years old. Um, I five foot bar and a hundred pounds. And, but the big, big thing is that I got them from York barbell. So that was kind of my start in seeing what Olympic lifts are all about. Cause I saw back in the day, now this is back in the sixties. So I'm going to have uh, several notations of how old I am here. So uh, <laughs> uh, let's just get out of the, get that out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an old guy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there were a lot of lifters that came uh, York at the time was the Mecca of uh, weightlifting. So me as a little guy there, I bought my weights there and I'm watching these guys actually train and I'm going, man, that's pretty cool. So I just basically watched those guys a little bit and got strength and health magazine back in the day and taught myself how to do snatch and clean and jerk trial and error. And it took a while, but uh, uh, ended up having a pretty decent weightlifting career. Um, but in the meantime, while I was still competing uh, after college and got my degree and everything, got a lot of other coaching experience. Uh, wrestling was my big thing. So I spent a lot of time coaching wrestling, uh, but I also at, at the high school level, but I also coached a lot of other sports. Um, so I can really relate to what sport coaches are all about because been there, done that, you know, anything from 
uh, wrestling to tennis, swimming, diving, gymnastics. Heck, I even coached women's volleyball. Uh, yeah. So did a little bit of everything. And uh, the experience has really paid off. But the whole time I was doing my own lifting and uh, doing some coaching on the side and working along with uh, those athletes. Um, so my lifting career ended with the 1984 Olympic trials. Uh, so had an okay, uh, lifting career, uh, 90 kilos is my class that I ended up in mm. best lifts were 150 and 195. So did okay. But unfortunately there were a lot of other 90 kilo <laughs> lifters doing really well too at that time. Yeah. But, um, so when I retired from, uh, my own competing, uh, I really got seriously into the weightlifting coaching. And of course I still coached other things as well, but the weightlifting coaching, uh, really took uh, a top priority for me. And it just evolved from coaching at camps and picking up athletes that had no coaches. So eventually started my, my team in 1992. So this is a 30 year anniversary, by the way. Yeah. I was going to say, you really stop and think yeah. About it. so, um, yeah, I started the team because I had two or three athletes that we didn't have a team affiliation at the time. And we, none of us had enough money to, to go to nationals. So I had two guys qualify for nationals. And I said, well, how about if we start a team and see if we can work on some sponsorships, things like that. So I started off with three guys on the team. And next thing you know, over the years, I think we have 300 athletes on the team now. 300. And, and we've won, I think, 21 national men and women's team titles uh, over the past 10 or 15 years. So we've kind of blossomed and come along real well. And we have a satellite system where we have uh, different affiliates around the country. And right now our primary affiliate, our main uh, area is in Virginia beach with Phil Sabatini uh, and his crew down there. Uh, and they've kind of taken over as the headquarters, uh, so to speak. Uh, the headquarters used to be my house. <laughs> so, wow. so it's kind of nice to have an actual location, yeah. but we also have satellite centers in Pittsburgh and Dallas and uh, a couple other places around that uh, West Virginia uh, been very active. Uh, and the, the whole goal was to create as many athletes as we could at different locations, but also create a coaching system that we're all under the same umbrella and we have the same philosophy, develop the same culture, how you treat your athletes, things like that. So uh, that's really developed. Um, so my teaching career, uh, I retired in 2006. And then I worked for uh, six years as president of Works on Barbells. Uh, so that was my uh, first retirement job. Uh, and then in 2012, uh, I was already doing a lot of my own courses and develop my own certifications. Um, so I said, why don't I just go ahead and start a business? Uh, so that's where I started taught and training. So that's my business of coaching seminars and coaching courses. And I still teach you a lot of the USAW courses, <coughs> excuse me. And, uh, so it's just kind of a blossom from there. So kind of juggling a lot of different things where I have, uh, uh, the team, uh, but kind of backed off and delegated a little bit more. So I'm not doing as much with the team, but I'm still head coach and CEO. Uh, Phil Sabatini is associate head coach and uh, and uh, president. So it's kind of blossomed from there and things just keep rolling and just really enjoying the education part. Um, not as much myself uh, into the competition area as much as I am the education now, but we just, we just try to hit everything from all different angles and uh, just the sport's been really, really good to me. And yeah. 
this is a, a way for me to give back and uh, um, just uh, just love what we do. And we still have a passion for it after all these years. My yeah. daughter, I, my daughter asked me, she said, well, dad, you're you're creating this course for Westchester University and you're doing this and you're doing that. And you're coaching. She said, when you're you're old, you're supposed to be relaxed and retired. Right. <laughs> and I said, I, I got to stay active. Uh, I got to keep my mind moving and uh, just keeps me young and, and I enjoy what I'm doing. So. As long as I can keep doing it, I'll keep doing it. If you if you enjoy it, then I think that's the thing that matters most, Leo. And honestly, like I I have thought about this in terms of like when I think about like stress in general, right? Like I think we're always evaluating stress and you know in terms of like training, right? But then you start to think about it a little bit more in terms of like a, a holistic effect as you get older, right? So I'm 31 now and I'm starting to think like, okay, when do I want certain types of stress provided my body and all that kind of stuff, right? And then I look at like my grandmother and like you know my my you know, my grandfathers and, and just you know my father in general, right? Like there are certain things that stimulate them even in you know as they as they get older that I'm like, you know what? And I was telling my dad the other day because like we were doing some major projects out in the garage on, on my truck and I'm like. I'm like, honestly, dad, the day you stop working on trucks is going to be a problem. Like you need to continue to work on cars and truck. Like you, he loves it. He lives it, eats and breathes it. It's all he thinks about. I'm pretty sure he loves cars more than most people love anything. Right. And I'm like, you need to continue to do it. It's a lot of work. Right. And it's a lot of physical work from being out in the garage, but he's, you know, a 65 year old guy. He still benches, you know, 275 for reps and he's out there squatting yeah. and everything like that. So it's like, I'm like, dude, you're healthy. He's crushing the rower. And I'm like, and he's, and he's, and he's moving around. So I'm like that, that's what he needs. So like, obviously, you know, in your case, obviously I think that that this is something that you should continue to do if it's something that truly provides joy in your life and like you said you probably feel a little obligation to to give back right for, for to a sport that has given you a lot so um that's awesome and and you know i'm glad i'm glad your daughter realizes that it's something that actually you know stimulates you and keeps you going and i think you should do it for as long as you possibly can but um that's awesome i mean that's a great background and i appreciate you breaking down that story for us um and obviously you know this i think you, you're i mean you're definitely the first person that I've interviewed on this podcast that has a, like a, a significant, uh, you know, weightlifting background um, and, and more than just kind of like coaching it as a variation or like coaching Olympic lifts amongst other athletes, you were literally in the gym uh, coaching the craft of, of Olympic weightlifting. And I think that that's super cool. Um, why don't you kind of talk, if you could take us back and this, this might not be terribly interesting to the rest of the listeners, but for me, I, I love just sort of like reminiscing over what used to be and what was in the world of, of weightlifting, powerlifting, whatever it is, right? So like I used to train with a lot of old school powerlifters who, uh, you know, from the state of Connecticut, like Vincent DeCenzo and a few other guys. And, and looking back on that, I don't think I realized what was happening while I was training with them, but it, it, looking back on it now, I'm like, man, that was such a fantastic experience for so many reasons. But um, you know, why don't you kind of talk to us what it was like those moments where you were, you know, walking around York barbell and you're, you know, buying equipment from them, right. And you're looking at all these other guys who are, are lifting and, and what was the, the culture like then and the atmosphere, right? Like, I think it's good to kind of like go back to remembering what those times were like and what it, what it meant to just kind of be someone who truly enjoyed the craft of just putting some weights up in a bar and moving the barbell, you know, like talk to us a little bit about that. Well, it's just, it, especially at that time. And I think it's, it's, it's still holds true it's just cool to be strong and you know the the strongest shall survive so to speak but you know just the culture that that, that i saw the the work ethic that they put in uh me a, you know, a young buck just growing up and watching this it's like hey you know it's things don't come easy you know it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of dedication and i think that's one of the things that's difficult for young people today, they want immediate, uh, just immediate gratification. Right. And which is fine if it happens, but uh, most really good things take a lot of time. Right. And to become a good weightlifter, uh, in particular, I mean, there's a lot of people with uh, the talent that just shows up and like, you know, they've got it, you know, yeah. but still to reach the very top level, 
it takes a long time and it, it's a process. And that's one of the things that I picked up uh, back then is that, you know, hey, it's, it's a slow process. Uh, you have to embrace that process and understand that that's, that's what you got to do. And uh, we've all heard the, uh, the thing about 10,000 hours of training to reach the elite level. Well, that's true. And uh, uh, some people get it a lot quicker. But over, overall, I think 10,000 hours is a, a pretty good uh, uh, general thing. And for me, one of the things I think that got me really into coaching was that back in the day, I was teaching myself through Strength and Health magazine, didn't have YouTube. Okay. So I couldn't see a whole lot besides what I saw there. Didn't have a coach, coached myself. And um, through trial and error and a lot of reading, a lot of studying, uh, the oldest Soviet manuals and everything, read all that stuff and all the technique stuff. And I think it made me a better coach. But through trial and error, it took me a long time to figure out things. Whereas now, being in the sport for as long as I have, the rewarding part of coaching for me is to be able to look at somebody and fix a problem just like that, because I, I've been there, done that experienced all the, the stuff through trial and error. I'm trying to pave the road for them. So they don't have the trial and error part. Um, just this morning, I was working with a girl that I, I'd never met, never met. She came into the gym for the first time and she said she was having trouble uh, finishing her pull and she was afraid of going under cleans. And, and I said, well, let me, let me see what your lift looks like. So as soon as I saw her do it, I knew exactly what the problem was. It wasn't that she wasn't finishing her pull correctly or afraid to go under. It was what she was doing right off the floor. What she did off the floor was the cause of the problem farther up in the lift. But because I had I've done this so long, I developed that coach's eye that, you know, all the good coaches do over a period of time. And I picked up and we fixed her clean just like that. And she hits a PR uh, as soon as I'm finished with her. Yeah. And uh, that's to me, that's very rewarding to be able to take that trial and error part out of their, their thing. And that's where, um, uh, you know, that re I think that was the biggest thing for me, you know, growing up. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And that's got to, I mean, good for you, obviously, that must have felt incredible this morning and kind of one of those reasons that sets you back a little bit and says, oh, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I think that, you know, it's, it's not so much that like what you're saying is obviously, of course, they're still going to come across like a lot of these younger athletes are still going to come across some adversity and some obstacles during their journey of Olympic weightlifting and, and many other things. Right. But um, and it's not that you're trying to solely give them you know, the answers and make things easy for them, but to provide them with a decision-making process, it seems like, right? Like the ability to actually filter through thoughts and filter because what, what, right. what that young female athlete who came to you today was looking at is, well, I'm talking, she, she probably watched you, Leo, go through what you would think and how you would think about solving the problem that she was coming across. Right. And, you know, she was talking about the clip, the pull or getting actually getting underneath the weight. Um, but obviously you noticed that it was something off the floor and then she's going to be able to say, well, look at the way that he kind of filtered his decision-making process and this stuff. Now I can apply some of these, you know, particular thought processes to other problems that I come across in terms of weightlifting and other things too. But um, no, I think, I, I think that's awesome. And I, I really appreciate that, that kind of, you know, perspective too, because um, you know, there, there is a, an instant gratification that takes place in, in, in our current society now. And I think, um, I think being more efficient is certainly a good thing. I also think, though, that, you know, along with and it's going to sound super cliche, but obviously some sort of adversity and some sort of obstacle definitely creates more opportunities for learning and more opportunities for growth. And maybe even in a quicker fashion than had you got it just like this. I think in the world, especially the world I work in, when I work with whether it be athletes or, you know, general pop clients, there's there's, there's a there is this sense of like, well, there should be a supplement for this or there should be a shortcut for this. What do you mean that? You know what I mean? This And it's like 
I, I, you know what I mean? So, and there probably is, right? Like there probably is other somewhere, you know what I mean? Maybe there's somebody who's way smarter than I am or, or more willing to kind of go that route than I am to, to pursue those, those, those things. But um, I think that's, a, it's a, it's a noble pursuit to obviously just provide a decision-making process as opposed to just providing simple, um, you know, answers or quick fixes and, and shortcuts and things of that effect. So um, a quick, quick side note before, before we, you know, move on, um, I kind of wanted to get into like, you know, you mentioned obviously the, the philosophy of, you know, Totten training systems and how it kind of, you know, filters through through some of the other satellite locations that you have and all that stuff. Um, so we'll get to that in a sec. But first, I'm kind of I'm, I'm, I'm really into like understanding the timeline of music. So back when you were in, you know, we're talking like 60s, 70s, right? And you're kind of a youngster coming into the world of weightlifting or whatever. I got to just ask because I recently went through like a little movie biography on some of the like famous musicians of like the 50s and 60s, right? So and, and my you know father obviously likes a lot of the older stuff, too, as well. Uh, what kind of what kind of music are you into, Leo? Like what were what were you jamming to, you know, in the in the gym when you were uh, when you were trying to move somewhere, you're snatching and cleaning and jerking? What uh, what was what was your music? of choice around that time period uh around that time period it was just the uh, the basic what what is now classic rock yeah. but back in the day that was the up-to-date rock <laughs> so, sure yeah somebody asked me the other day as a matter of fact they said myself when i was competing or my athletes what type of music do they listen to to get pumped up mm. and you know i thought about it i said you know everybody's a little bit different uh and it really boils down to and i think this is part of what coaches have to understand is that everybody uh, performs better under a certain level of uh, anxiety. Okay. Mm -hmm. A certain level of, of pressure. So some need to be a little bit more calm type music. Others need to have a little bit more crazy music. Um, if it's five minutes before they're lifting, they're going to have probably something different than they did uh, right after weigh in. So mm -hmm. there's no one answer to that. Um, yeah. But me back in the day, uh, I didn't really listen to a whole lot of music, but it was the rock of the day. Yeah. Uh, and now my music, my music, uh, 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 I guess it's a re really a pretty uh, diverse because I like classic rock. Uh, I like country. I like uh, some even some rap, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, some hard rock, I, nice. whatever, whatever the jazz, you name it. I listen to a little bit of everything and nice. just depends on the mood, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. Cause I actually recently watched some movies on, so I, I was, I was really interested in like fifties music. So I was like going down the rabbit hole of like Patsy Cline and uh, I think it was like Buddy Holly and like some of the guy, like Hank Garland who used to play guitar for like Elvis and a couple of these other, and I think he was the guitarist on Patsy Cline's uh, famous, famous song crazy. So it was like, yeah, a little, little older, even, you know, I was way before, before you as well. So, I, you know, my dad was born in 57, though. So I was kind of like, you know, going down that path of trying to trying to find the, the answers to some of that I, stuff. I got I got your dad beat, but I won't say by how much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just like one of those things. I'm like, you know what, man? It's like it's just it's just so interesting to me to see how much music has changed. But I obviously try to understand, like, not only the type of music that was coming out, but the way that music was obviously uh, uh, obtained and how you could go about listening to music during that time. And then obviously kind of like how it transformed and who was when. And I try I, I think it's easy easier to break it down in terms of decades, at least in my mind, when you're trying to fill like I was born in the 90s. So it's like, you know, I'm trying to like filter through like, okay, what did the 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s actually consist of? When were these bands present? Who was competing with who? Who was on that time? But uh, yeah, no, it's, I appreciate you providing some some context. The classic rock stuff is, is great for sure. I think my, but I saw ZZ Top in concert when I was like in high school or something like that. So that's that's my, uh, oh, there you go. there's my claim to fame <laughs> when it comes to classic rock. But um, so yeah, so Anyway, moving on, why don't we get into, you know, what is that philosophy that we talked about that you, you know, kind of briefly mentioned in the intro about 
how you guys, you know, go about presenting this philosophy at, at Leo Totten when it comes to Olympic weightlifting and the coaching of the Olympic weightlifting um, and how you've kind of gone about making sure that it's something that's, you know, echoed throughout all of your satellite locations. Well, first of all, first of all, I'm kind of picky about who I uh, who I hang out with. OK, um, I just like to hang out with good quality people. And what I found and I know this probably sounds very cliche and, you know, just kind of boring, but. I try to stay away from negative people. I try to stay away from drama. I, I just find that that drags drags people down. Mm -hmm. So basically what I try to do is I hang out with good quality people. Uh, so everybody on the team, uh, on my team, of course, we're all spread out. There's there's a bunch of us. We all have that that same philosophy that, you know, we just want to have fun. We want to um, have camaraderie. We, we don't want to have any drama. And there's been a couple um, I'm going to, I don't want to word this the wrong way, but a couple <laughs> that didn't fit the mold, that's pretty, sure. but we tried. Uh, and eventually they kind of weed themselves out because they, they don't feel comfortable uh, because our culture, I think kind of brings everybody along with them. You know what I mean? But yeah. if, if that person doesn't kind of go with the flow, so to speak, then they usually end up kind of weeding themselves out. Yeah. Uh, so we just try to, the, the big philosophy is we try to do the right thing for the right reasons with the right people. Mm. And that, that culture seems to work pretty well. And uh, that's where, uh, you know, the respect comes in and how you treat people uh, and the relationships. Uh, education is a big thing for me. And it all boils down to, you know, if you're to be able to get across to different people, you have to be open and fair uh, and respect. If you expect to get respect, then, you know, you got to give it as well. So uh, that's just, that's just good, good way of thinking, I think, and no matter what you do, and we try to create better people, not necessarily better weightlifters, but better people as well. I mean, I've worked with a lot of athletes that there's no way they're going to even qualify for nationals or AO finals, but they're putting their heart and soul into it. Uh, they're working hard. They're, you know, they're trying their best. I'll work with them anytime. Sure. And that that I think has kind of that philosophy is kind of carried through. Yeah, that's a, and I think that's, a you know, it's, it's obviously a it seems like it would be a simple philosophy, right, to try to just hang around good people and and try to, you know, provide that experience. And like you said, do the right thing at the right time for the right people. Um, how how difficult has it has it been in the early stages of because obviously this, you know, being the head coach at East Coast Gold, right, you talked about. You know, that started back in 1992, right? So you're coming up on that 30 year anniversary. So how difficult was that in the early stages? Maybe were there were there some mistakes that you feel you made or maybe some early successes that you actually experienced that helped kind of shape the way that you view, you know, creating this philosophy and creating out the company of Totten Training Systems coming forward? Or were there some, um, I guess you kind of talk about like some of the, you know, maybe the the growing pains of what it was like for you, uh, you know, in that in those early stages? Uh, I, I didn't really experience any of that because I was just doing my thing, uh, you know, doing what I thought was the right way of doing things. And it's, it's funny that people kind of gravitate to you when, when that happens, you know? So, um, I know earlier on I got accused of, uh, because our team was getting so big and, and some people were jumping from, from their team to, to our team people thought that I was recruiting or I was going after them and trying to poach them. Absolutely not. 
they they came to us because they liked the philosophy that we had uh, and how we did things. And I never approached anybody else that was part of another team. And I just and to this day, it's it's happening with some other teams, by the way. Um, And and which to me, that's wrong. I mean, if somebody's on my team and they want to go to another team, I'm fine with that as long as they do it the right way. Okay. That the, the other coach hasn't pulled them in, so to speak, but if they like, say they move to another location and it, it happens to be where an, another team is and they train with them and they say, they really feel like they need to be part of that team. I'm fine with that. I just, my, my only deal is this, look, as long as we're still friendly and on speaking terms, I'm fine. I want to do what's best for the athlete. Sure. And I think that's really uh, the, the crux of our philosophy too, is that the bottom line is we do everything for the, in, that we can to make the individual better. Mm. The team thing comes along with that. I mean, it, 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 it's not part of what we're specifically trying to do because if you do everything you can to help the individual uh, and then the team accolades, they'll, they'll come along, you know, without even trying. And right. I think that's what, what people see is that they want that individual attention. They want to make sure that uh, they're, they're the ones that to focus on. And, and that's, but it's true. They don't feel like it's just for them, but at the same time, it does feel like it's just for them. And yeah. the team thing comes along with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And then do you feel like your coaches have been able to kind of echo that as well and feel like they're a part of something that's, you know, unique in, in the sense, right? Because, and, and you know, the reality is like there are always going to be these situations where a lot of these other companies, regardless of the sport or the discipline or whatever it is, um, it's a business, right? And at the end of the day, like people are going to accuse more than there's somebody gravitating, a lot of people gravitating towards a certain, you know, business or a certain training facility, right? They're gonna be like, oh, you're, you're pulling our athletes or whatever the case may be. Like you said, as long as you do it the right way, then you're in a good spot, right? And it's like, yeah. as long as you're like, hey, listen, like I just, I, I personally feel like this is a better opportunity for me to go here and do this. And I like the environment. Like, cause let's be honest, like that's what, brings people back to any place it's the people it's not even so much like of course like you're respected for the craft that you're able to coach and the people that you're able to coach and and the levels of success and results that you receive um of course those things matter but at the end of the day a lot of those things may be able to be achieved just solely based off of how you made people feel and the environment you provided for them right so exactly so yeah do you want to kind of touch on how you feel about that and you know how your coaches have kind of gravitated to kind of you know sort of come along and, and sort of fit that mold like you said well i think um the the individual athletes gravitate to that that philosophy uh and so do the coaches Uh, that's the type of coach that i look for too is that somebody that uh has the same strategy of hey what whatever it takes uh to make those individuals better then they're going to be more successful because of that so yeah I, i try to get the athletes to understand that philosophy and and the coaches do it too and that's why I feel very comfortable with, for instance, Phil Sabatini and his crew. Um, trust me, I don't, I don't, I don't delegate as well. I, that's one thing I try to do better is delegate more and better to sp- spread things out. And that's one of the things I was looking for someone to kind of take over some of the responsibilities that I've been doing for years. I mean, things like national competitions, I would set up hotels for everybody. I would arrange transportation. I would, you know, you know, do all the order the t-shirts, everything. Well, you know, after doing that for 30 years, you know, it'd be kind of nice to have somebody else kind of take some of that responsibility. And that's one of the things that I found that uh, I wanted to have someone that had the same philosophy that I could trust to maintain the same culture 
and that's what Phil and and his his group at uh, in Virginia Beach, um, as well as the other satellite centers too. But that's the main one. So um, you know that it, the culture just kind of keeps carrying itself on because sure. it works and it works right. You yeah, know? and yeah. it treats treats people right. I think that's what it, what it really boils down to. Absolutely. And that's a great, that's a great piece. And that's, uh, you know, that's a lot of how any division one athlete or any weightlifting athlete or whatever the discipline or whatever the sport, like they just wanted to feel like they have some autonomy, some ownership over the training and obviously feel like they're training for someone and with somebody uh, who obviously respects them and, and gives them that feeling of, you know, sort of all encompassing, you know, quality, high quality environment. Um, what, what, you know, we talk about how you go about connecting with these athletes, obviously, um, you know, we talk about you, you know, you were like, Hey, like, I created this thing back in 92 and I've been Olympic weightlifting since way before that. Right. So um, how, what is your coaching style? Has it changed over the years? Like how do you go about connecting and reaching the athletes that you work with specifically? Uh, I, I don't think it's really changed a whole lot um, because I growing up, I was pretty fortunate to have um, wrestling coaches and soccer coaches, you know, really good mentors and coaches uh, growing up. And um, I always try to study a lot of different philosophies. Uh, you know, I'm reading and studying all the time, uh, different coaches, you know, Vince Lombardi to Mike Krzyzewski to John Wooden. I'm studying those guys all the time, as well as leaders in business and you know other other successful people what makes them successful but I think what what I've done is I've kind of taken my own personality and I've taken bits and pieces from uh, these these strategies that these other successful coaches have ta- uh, have done and kind of blended it into what works for me and uh, because not everything works for everybody and I think you have to be yourself you can't be so I can't be Vince Lombardi Okay, but I can be me using bits and pieces from him and Shashevsky and all those guys. And um, I think that's that's how the growth happens. And, you know, you're trying to get better all the time. And uh, I think the athletes see that they see that uh, uh, they know that you're trying to get better. So, hey, they they don't want to get left behind. They want to try to get better, too. Mm. And uh, and they know that you're trying your best. And that's you know, that's what they want to do. Sure. Yeah. And I guess along with that coaching style, right. And obviously you, and, and we'll get into like some of the resources that you've, you obviously mentioned a few big names, uh, but I am interested to see if, you know, some of the resources that you really feel like you can, um, that had like a major impact on you, but I've talked, going back to that, that coaching style a little bit now and kind of talking about, cause I know you had mentioned like, Hey, we have a specific philosophy here and the philosophy was more so garnered around um, sort of like social and emotional awareness and into, you know, having that emotional intelligence, understand how to connect with people how to do the right things and obviously treat people with respect but specifically when it comes to like the technical philosophy of olympic weightlifting right it, it, and i'm 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 novice in this i'm not really sure so like maybe you can answer this for me but is are the actual olympic weightlifting disciplines and how you go about coaching the specific movements and the actual craft of the clean and jerk and the snatch do you find yourself differing in opinion with other like companies and other coaching facilities and other training facilities is that or is there is there kind of like a general universal truth to some of the things that you guys are coaching or do you guys find your there is there like a ton of differences from training facility and coaching team to team uh i think that's that's an interesting question i think overall everybody's in the same ballpark but there is some uh kind of leniency on how different coaches coach and a couple of the little things they look for here and there but overall <laughs> I, and again, I was just talking to one of my, my new lifters here t- today. You know, it's really not complicated. It's simple physics. 
you know, you can make it as complicated as you want, or you can go on YouTube and proclaim a new technique and that you're, you're doing this and doing that. Bottom line, it's just simple physics. So I try to keep it as simple as possible. I, I simplify it. Uh, I use one or two word cues. Um, I don't want to make it as complicated as people say, oh, it's really, really complicated. It's not really. I said my daughter was in gymnastics. Now that's complicated. Thinking about thinking about the the balance and the twists and the turns and the kinesthetic awareness. And we don't have you know, bottom line here is that the center of gravity of the bar is always in the middle where that bar is in relation to your center of gravity to keep it over the middle of your foot where the where your balance and your your strength is mm. and just your technique should make that happen mm. and so it's just simple body positions that make that happen and i it, it's been successful i i know some people say oh leo you're just old school well i am old school <laughs> but old school works. Yeah. Uh, it, it does. Uh, and if we try to make it more complicated, I think that makes it more difficult for athletes to pick it up and to buy into what you're saying. Sure. So we just keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. And, 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 and that works. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in part of, and people talk like old school versus new school. And the reality is I, I, I haven't really come across many people who do think that like weightlifting powerlifting, just training in general has changed all that much really in reality, right? Like it, it really is like, there are some new concepts that may have come out, maybe different ways of articulating some of those concepts, whatever the, whatever the case may be. But ultimately, like you said, the basics and the foundations are ultimately the same. Um, and what I think, you know, kind of going back to what we talked about before, right? Your ability to take a, a large amount of information, right? To someone like, like, like obviously a female who came to see you this morning, she's probably thinking in her mind that she's got major issue, right? Like there's a major barrier and, and yeah. to her, that's probably overwhelming, right? or any athlete it's like okay this is super overwhelming will i ever be able to come overcome this barrier and when she comes to you it's sort of like my brother my brother's a mechanic so it's like we talk about it all the time it's like when people complain about like the price of or the cost of a certain job that he needs to do for them and no, don't get me wrong that the automotive industry has its own issues when it comes to how much things cost but that's for a separate podcast but the the <laughs> the ultimate yeah. time is like he's saying to himself well you're not paying me for how long the job takes me to do. You're paying me for the amount of years that I have spent and the amount of, you know, blood, sweat and tears that I have gone through to try to perfect the craft and be able to perform this particular um, job, right. In an efficient and a very masterful manner, as quick as I can possibly do it so that we can get you your car back. Right. Like that's what, that's what you're paying for. And I think that that's a lot of why people come to you, right. Or anybody who's, you know, we consider like old school. It's like, well, you're, you're paying them for their expertise and their ability to take what was years and years of you trying to get to a point where you can take something that's as complicated or, you know, what we'll call like technical as Olympic weightlifting, right. And break it down into a very simple, concise example of what happened this morning or a simple and exact, uh, exact sort of like explanation or a different way of obviously kind of providing the solution to the athlete in a matter that's that quick, right? Like, it's like, okay, here's the solution that we're going to come up with. And I think that that's why, you know, it's like people are like, oh, you're old school. You're this. Well, regardless of the situation, it's like, that's why you go to these guys because they have spent years and years trying to understand and get to a point where it's like, all right, this is how I can take a large amount of information and really kind of like break it down, make something that's complex, super simple. Right. And that's why you could, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a matter of minutes. Right. Well, and that's, that's one of the problems that I think we have with the internet now is that there's too many geniuses. I mean, there's too many experts and right, yeah. uh, they haven't put in the time and uh, they come up with um, a, a strategy or a philosophy uh, or a technique. That's the newest, greatest thing. 
and they don't they don't understand that uh you know they haven't they haven't really gone through the process they haven't really uh experienced all that that you know those of us who've been been around for a while um so i always tell people said be real careful what you see on the internet because um if and i say if, if nothing else any anytime I do a seminar or a clinic or whatever, I say, look, you're not going to be an expert by what we're what we're going over here. You're going to have a higher, a better level of understanding and you'll be you know, one step further. I said, but don't think you're an expert. I said, there's too many experts on the Internet that really don't have the background. I said, and if nothing else, when you go on the Internet after this seminar or course that when you go on the Internet, you'll have a better filter system. By that, I mean, you can filter out. There's a lot of really good stuff on the Internet. There's a lot of crap too. To be perfectly honest, okay. Yeah. So yeah. to have a better filter system, because a lot of times people don't know what they don't know. Right. So, but the smarter they are, the more they can filter that out. Yeah. But absolutely. the frustrating part is, the more you know, the more more you realize you don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. we do try to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. The more the more you know, the more questions you have, and the more confusing everything is. And I think it's like it's funny because I feel like like I'm at 31 now, and I'm getting to a point where it's like okay, like I, I feel like the more I learn, the less I can settle on almost anything. And then I don't know if that comes across as indecisive to a lot of people, but if people like asking me my stance on certain things, and I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, it could be this, and it could be that, and it can yeah. go in this direction, and it's funny because so like i i have some specific you know clients that i work with remotely and you know i, was, I, I just you know I had a consultation with one this morning and it's funny because if you were listen if you were to listen to the interaction itself it's not one of like you would probably be able to figure out that like i'm the coach and like you know they are the athlete just solely based off of like the way the interaction kind of takes place but in terms of like the dialogue and the type of words that are being used and the questions and the answers you would it's more so just like a partnership of like hey i'm not a master i'm just here to provide some sort of like a like a filter like you said of um you know, I, I think I think someone who truly is a master is somebody who like has the ability to sit there and have a deep conversation with you, work, help you work through all the potential avenues that you need to go down in order to come up with the solution that you need to come up with. Right. I think it's like when you listen to a lot of these like, you know, these masters, so like someone who's been in the game for so long. It's like, yeah, they're, they're going to have some some answers on things. They're going to be able to provide you with some answers. But I think a lot of it is going to be built around just having conversation and helping open your eyes to maybe a different lens or a different angle to look through. So. Yeah, I, I think that that's part of, you know, the, the partnership that you probably create at Totten Training Center. It's like, hey, like, this is going to be more of like a, a collaborative effort, right? We're going to, you, you know, I'm I'm here. I, I probably have the ability to get you where you're going, um, but your hands are on the wheel and I'm just kind of guiding the bus in, in, in essence. So is that is that kind of the way that you would approach some of the, the dialogue when you have someone come in like that and ask you some questions? Yeah, I mean, they still have to take ownership of it, but what I'm trying to do is... Uh, allow them to have better decision-making process. Yeah, yeah. The more informa good information they have, we can decide, you know, what can be applied to their particular situation. Yeah. And that's really what I do with, uh, um, I mean, we talked a lot about the, the our team uh, and the competitive aspect of uh, weightlifting, uh, but the Olympic lifts, you know, we use those a lot. And, and as far as my business is concerned, use the Olympic lifts uh, more for strength coaches. And that's one of the things that uh, I think when people take a USA weightlifting certification, and again, I love those courses and I teach a lot of them, but they're designed to develop weightlifting coaches. And there wasn't anything really out there uh, to have certifications that uh, were for strength coaches using the Olympic lifts. So that's where I put my courses together and really develop my whole system around. Really? And, what, and so, yeah, what, and what are those? 
those certificate, like what are those certifications called and where can people find some of those certifications? Um, TottenTraining.com uh, is my website. We have all the information on there, but um, I mean, I do seminars that aren't necessarily for certifications and uh, I go to different locations and, you know, whatever they need work either with their coach coaches or with their athletes or a combination of the two. Uh, but the certifications um and they're all with uh, CEUs from the NSCA and CSCCA, ACE and uh, uh, NASM. Um, anywhere from like a real beginner type thing and works our way up. I have an advanced Olympic lift uh, cert. So we have three different certifications that I have together right now. Uh, I have a mentorship program that I put together that we can talk about in a little bit. But um, yeah, just uh, to use the, I mean, Olympic lifts and it, we, we should call it weightlifting because right. around the world, everybody knows that weightlifting is snatch and clean and jerk, except in the United States. And right. we, we still have to call them the Olympic lifts, which, by the way, the Olympic Committee doesn't like. And I and I can understand that because of the <laughs> Olympic thing. Yeah. But um, so, you know, the, the, doing the weightlifting movements or parts of them, you don't have to do a full snatch or a full clean and jerk uh, to really utilize part of that. And that's what we try to get across is that. You know, weightlifting has a lot of really important things that it, that it accomplishes. Obviously, the strength and power part. Power is the, the huge thing, but also uh, works on flexibility. It works on kinesthetic awareness. It works on um, uh, even cardiovascular endurance. Most people don't realize that they've done studies with weightlifters and things like VO2 maxes increase, blood pressure decreases, um, uh resting pulse rate decreases, all these cardiovascular improvements happen by training anaerobically like, like weightlifters do. Sure, so you yeah. don't necessarily have to go out and run marathons to develop uh, your cardiovascular endurance and nice. you get strong at the same time. That's so it's got all these benefits <laughs> that strength coaches need and need to know that, Hey, you can use the Olympic lifts and you can get a lot of benefit out of those besides just the strength and power part. Yeah. yeah. And just develop better athletes. That's, that's, well, I, that's great to hear because I, I don't want to go run any marathons in order to develop my cardio. <laughs> hey, that's one of the, that's one of the things about CrossFit. Um, I always have to mention CrossFit a little bit because people, people a lot of times say, well, Leo, you don't like CrossFit because you're that weightlifting guy. I said, I love, I love CrossFit. Now, a couple of things they do, I disagree with, sure. but overall, when you think about it, weightlifting, our numbers in the past 10 years, just rough figures has gone from 3000 registered members to about 33,000. Wow. That's in big part because of CrossFit, because there's a lot of CrossFitters that like the weightlifting part. But they don't like all the running part. Yeah. That's, that's why when you brought that up, that's a, that's a perfect segue for that because so we ended up getting a lot of really good athletes, uh, Kate and I, Maddie Rogers. I mean, the list goes on and on of really good weightlifters that came from the CrossFit community. So yeah. I, I, I CrossFit's been wonderful for weightlifting. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it's, it's like, it's funny. Cause I kind of always had, like, I come from a powerlifting background. So like having the actual, you know, weightlifting discipline in my training is something that kind of like, it comes in and out. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I'm like, I, I need to make sure that I kind of like stay with my snatch and stay with my clean. Don't let it get too far away. I'm not, I'm not hitting any crazy numbers or like that, but just don't get too far away from it kind of thing. But now this, this podcast is kind of prompting me to get it back in. So that's, uh, I'm sure my, my, I train with my brother, so I, I'm not sure how much he likes those movements, but he'll be happy to hear that I have, uh, <laughs> I'm putting them back in there. So yeah, no, 
I, and I, and those are great. Those are great qualities to have. Obviously, you talked about the you know the improvements in, in flexibility and mobility too, right? Because obviously you're you're loading yourself into pretty deep hip positions, and I think those that's always great. And obviously the the wrist flexibility that comes with being able to actually just obtain uh, the ability to catch a clean in a deep position, I think those are all great as well. Um, when it comes to those qualities, obviously they're specific to. Uh, the athletes that you work with, but do you get athletes who come to you specifically just for weightlifting or athlete, you know, just for, or, or team sport or both, or like, is it like, how would it, what's the range of like the ages and like overall like experience levels that come to you and wh what they're looking for the training your facilities? Well, I think it, it really, it comes down to a little bit of everything. I mean, we get uh, some athletes that come to us uh, wanting specifically to be a weightlifter and so we can work with them. Uh, but a lot of them also, uh, they want to get better at their sport and they realize whether it's football, volleyball, basketball, you name it, um, can benefit from the Olympic lifts or segments of the Olympic lifts. Not necessarily, like I said, the full thing, but uh, you can still derive a lot of the benefits uh, without doing the whole movement, but at least some of the movements and breaking it down. And so we, we get a lot of uh, individual athletes. I've worked with wrestlers. I've worked with uh, team athletes, football. Matter of fact, I left the gym um, uh, earlier today and they are working with the local high school. Uh, these aren't, this is the gym where I worked at and not necessarily part of Totten training, but they had a group of 40 JV football guys in their training and they're doing the Olympic lifts because I've worked with them and, and taught that taught their coaches uh, the, the process of, of teaching the, the lifts and the benefits of it. So and that's the really cool thing about coaching. If I coach one individual, uh, I'm coaching one individual. Sure. But if I coach 10 coaches who also coach 10 individuals, now all of a sudden it's exponentially getting bigger and bigger. Now I coached a, uh, uh, a coach at this, this particular gym. He's working with 40 athletes and that's just that one group. They've sure. also got like five or six other sports they're working for, with and they're doing the Olympic lifts and that part of the training for it. So yeah. it's, it's really cool to see everything just kind of multiplying like that and people yeah. doing things the right way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, there, there very reward. Yeah. Yeah. It's very like, you know, I, yeah. The, the reach is obviously in, increasing and it's like, you know, you don't want to use the word like, you know, yeah, disciples or whatever, but it's like, you do have this, like this, this notion that like, Hey, there's, there's really, there's people who are not only benefiting from the training that you're providing, but there are people who are also taking pride in the fact that they work under you and they are coached by other people who have coached, who have you know been taught by you, right? So there's this like pride and community, right? It's kind of like, Absolutely. Chris, and that's Absolutely. like the reach that kind of comes from that. I think like, you know, is that, is that something that like a lot of athletes have kind of felt like it's like, you start to notice, right? Like some of the athletes being like, yeah, like they like training there and then they like the environment and all that stuff. But then they start to like take pride and it's like, Hey, I, I train here at, at Totten and this is how we do things at Totten. And this is the way that I was taught to do things. And this is how I feel is the, the right way to go about doing things. Well, it's funny too, because today, uh, there's a family that comes into the gym and uh, the mother and two or three, uh, three or four of the kids. And uh, one of the, one of the, uh, the boys, I think he's, 13 or 14, something like that. And he won't listen to them. But when I'm in there, he listens to me every time. And, uh, <laughs> and, then, and they get so frustrated. They say, well, we just told him the same thing and he wouldn't do it. And yeah. now he's doing it for me. So uh, it's, it's so funny. funny. Yeah. I have, a, I have one of my, my, my first mentor, actually, the guy who I trained under for like six years. Uh, his son is about the age now where like, you know, he's going to, he wants to start training and all that kind of stuff. So he comes to me and he's like, Hey, aunt, you know, uh, my, my son won't listen to anything that I have to say. He's like, and he, you know, he, he'll, you know, could you work with him or whatever, you know, kind of thing. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, 
I'm going to be giving him most likely the same exact thing. You know, I mean, I've worked out like, you know, like, he has to know, like I trained under you for six years. Like you taught me almost everything I know. And yeah. then it's like, you know, but they'll, you know, he'll probably be saying the same thing. Like, just look at that. Like the same yeah. thing that I, you'd be saying, but uh, as long as it's not coming from dad or mom and yeah, <laughs> then, then it'll go through. Well, yeah. that's funny. Man. That's good stuff. Well, um, I kind of wanted to get into a little bit. I'm trying to, we got about like 10 minutes left, but I, I want to make sure that you get a chance to talk on anything uh, that you want, uh, people to know about Totten training systems in the last 10 minutes. And then I also, but before you get into that, the question I have is just some of those uh, references that you had prior, some of the, you know, whether it's books, podcasts, you know, re any resource or whatever that you feel has had a major impact on you that you want to impart on, you know, some of the listeners that you think would benefit them as well. Um, yeah. If you could just get into that. And then, like I said, you can kind of take us home with any, anything else that you want to, us to know about, um, you know, the company itself, Totten, what, you know, as far as the athletes, any sort of like, you know, the mentorships and all that kind of stuff. Any Anything else that you want us to know? Yeah, I just wanted to kind of go over. You had just mentioned about uh, uh, you had a mentor and then that because because of that mentor, you were able to coach uh, someone from uh, someone else from there. Um, I had mentioned earlier, I was very fortunate to have really strong coaches and mentors along the way. Uh, growing up, my dad wasn't around uh, very much, so I didn't really have uh, any male figures uh, in, in my life except for my coaches and those, those mentors. So uh, that's really meant a, a good deal to me uh, to be able to continue that mentorship thing. And that's through my own coaching, um, through the mentorship uh, program that we have. And basically what that is through Totten Training, uh, I have a staff of like four people that uh, right now that uh, really very intelligent young coaches that have come up through the system. Uh, one has a PhD in exercise physiology. I mean, just a lot, a lot of background and same culture and same coaching philosophy. So we've put together this mentorship program that uh, there's there's a lot of things that we uh, as we got out of our uh, collegiate days and uh, into the strength and conditioning world, there's a lot of bumps along the road. You know, there were there were ups and downs and things. And so what we've done is we've tried to put together this mentorship program that will kind of smooth the road, so to speak, to take take some of those bumps out of the way so they can progress a lot quicker and do do much better than, you know, even me back in the day, learning the technique, the trial and error, it takes time. So we're trying to save them time by going through some of these coaching things that they probably didn't get in their undergrad. I mean, we cover everything from coaching theory uh, to developing cultures, uh, relationships with your athletes, mental training. Uh, but we also go into the technical aspects of uh, the snatch, the clean, the jerk, sprints, uh, agility. Um, it's just we try to cover, there's actually 36 modules that covers uh, just a whole range of things. And it's all online because uh, we wanted to make it as available to people as possible. Um, so again, the inf more in information is on our website at tottentraining.com. Uh, and we are starting another cohort uh, of uh, mentorship coming mid-September. So the word's going to come out on that probably about six weeks before that with information and signups and things. But um, if people just check and check and see what the website's about and uh, um, the different things that we offer as far as seminar seminars, uh, my own certifications, um, if <laughs> people follow along on Instagram and Facebook and, uh, and Twitter, um, I have a regular thing that I, I do my uh, Tuesday Tottenisms 
I call uh, it. Uh, nice. So you got to check those out. Uh, it's just little blurbs, just uh, philosophical things, uh, you know, about about training and about life in general that yeah. uh, um, that I have kind of I call them my Tottenisms. Yeah. And then Thursday is our throwback Thursday where I have uh, a lot of the things that it, that have occurred. Um, I've been I've been very fortunate over the years to do a lot of travel through weightlifting uh, nationally and internationally. So I've been very fortunate. There's been a lot of real positive experiences that um, just kind of go back and share those. So um, there's a lot of social media stuff that we put out. And I will say, I don't put it out myself. Uh, I'm not as good at social media as I have uh, my girl, Kate Finn, that uh, she's really, really good at that. So I give her the information, she puts it out and that's a full-time job. It is, yeah. uh, as you know about social media, yeah. but um, so, I mean, that's what the business is all about. And like I said, you know, just basically trying to use the Olympic lifts and other power training methods uh, to make athletes better and to make coaches better. Yeah. So that's really what it's all about. And um, you talked about, you wanted me to mention about uh, different books and podcasts. There's yeah. so many, I mean, I, I don't know if you can see in the background, that's just, uh, it's probably about 200 books. I'll bet you I have 5,000 books on success and coaching and mental training, you name it. And believe it or not, I've read most of them too. Hey, there you go. Always picking up. I just feel like you can never, never know enough. I mean, you just never, uh, I know people who think they know it all, man, I try to stay far away from that because yeah. people who think they know it all, they had no clue, you know, and yeah. people are nice enough to, call me an expert. And I, I'm like, you know what? I, I, an expert, I don't know. I, I, I guess I've picked up a lot of information over the years, but there's so much more out there and there's so many, so many people so much smarter than me, you know, and uh, I, I try to hang around with the really smart people, especially the ones that are really smart, but they don't act smart. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, Dr. Michael Stone, um, uh, my, my, my coach, Dr. Chris Tabor, you know, these guys are so, so smart, but they're just regular people. And to me, that's the quality that I look for. And I, I'm just always looking for people that people of excellence. You mentioned about guitars, uh, and, and different bands and stuff. I just think it's amazing to watch and listen to, guys that are so good at those sort of things. I mean, mm. whatever they're excellent in, in their own field, sure. uh, Joe Bonamassa, Eric Clapton, you know, yeah. uh, all those guys. I mean, I'm just amazed. And heck, Eric Clapton is what 72 now or something like that. And I saw yeah. him in concert a couple months ago. A boy can still play. And it, that's just amazing to me. And yeah. the excellent, there's so much excellence out there that I think we can all learn from yeah. as long as we keep learning from that, uh, Everybody will continue to get better. And um, I, I, I can go on and on about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's all about quality, do things the right way. And, you know, and that's really what it's all about. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Leo. I think I think that's a that's a great place to end it. And I think that's probably where we'll have it. That's a, I, I, honestly, I really love that message. And I appreciate you obviously uh, coming on and kind of, you know, exposing the rest of the world to obviously what you have or whoever listens to this podcast, at least obviously to what you have going on at Totten. And I think, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, we'll have I'll check out the uh, the the Instagram, obviously, and we'll, we'll make sure that we tag, you know, the, the Instagram account when we release the podcast and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, what is what is do you know the uh, the Instagram handle? I know you don't- everything's at Totten Training. At Totten Training? Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll have to, let me look. So we got Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
Okay. All right. Yeah. So I haven't gotten into TikTok yet. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I see. Okay. This is, yeah, this is, this is impressive yeah. stuff. All right. Well, yeah. You said it's uh, Katie is the one who handles this stuff. Yeah. Kate Finn. Yeah. Kate Finn. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to give it a, give it a follow. Well, uh, Leo, we really appreciate you hopping on. Um, thank you so much for your time, obviously. And uh, yeah, if you have any, any final words, anything else you want, I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off. Is there any final I words? Just, for just wanted to thank you for doing what you're doing because uh, the more quality information that's out there that pretty much just goes along with my philosophy, just uh, uh, educate people the best you can. Cause to me, it's all about education and uh, uh, we want to just keep doing it. And that's what you guys are doing. So I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Th- thank Absolutely. you. That, that means a lot, Leo. I appreciate yeah. it. We're, we're, we're trying, we're trying, you know, and, so, you're, easy, <laughs> and you're easy to talk to. And that, <laughs> that makes it nice. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, we're, that's all we're trying to do. You just, you know, provide some quality information. Like when Andy and I talk, it's like, listen, this, it's just, you know, who knows, like I may look back on this podcast in 10 years and been like, ah, I don't really know if I, you know, shouldn't have said this, or maybe I, maybe I don't feel the same way about whatever it is. Like this is just, it's a good, it's a good documentation of kind of where we're at and the people that I'm talking right. to at this point in our, in our lives. And so, yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. And I really like it. And we obviously, we appreciate all the listeners and we appreciate people like yourself coming on, hopping on. So um, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll cap it there. And uh, listeners, we'll, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks again for hopping on. Thank you. All right, Leah, we'll take it easy.